Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Homecoming, Season 1, Episode 5, it's called Helping. So full spoilers for the episode, as always. So this one started off far too happy. <laughs> it, it did, yeah, that it was it, weird. It had, to, it had to go downhill by the end. Um, there's a, a scene, because we've been sort of talking about how she's got a connection, how, how Heidi's got a connection with Walter, but isn't necessarily romantic yet. This episode kind of confirmed that it was in some way. E- even mm. if she's not necessarily going for it or pursuing it, there's that temptation to to yeah. ha- have a have a beauty routine as the as the uh the, the clerk put it. Mm. Um I felt bad for Heidi actually. That 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 woman who was trying to sell her makeup, like when she saw how sort of nervous and like unsure she was it, it was like a, a a car like a mechanic taking advantage of someone who doesn't know anything about cars. It was like, "Oh, blood in the water." I'm, I'm going to, you know, she makes a commission, is what I'm saying. She makes a damn yep. commission, and she saw her coming. <laughs> yep. That's what happened here. So, um, I will note the music playing this was very familiar. I'm like, I've heard this before. And I, it wasn't until I finished watching it that it clocked wh- what I thought it was. And then I went and checked. Um, it was actually the main theme from Body Double, which is a, a movie from the 80s, a Brian De Palma film. It's uh, funny how I think it was... Maybe just last episode on the review, I mentioned that the direction reminded me of of De Palma. Uh, yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Oh. Uh, no, no idea this was coming. It's rare that you find movie scores being used or score of any kind being used in something else. You know. T- well, I mean, there is no composer for this show. Every piece of music is is sourced. Yeah, that's true. But there's not been a lot of music either. Like you know. There's not. In, in, uh, terms, in terms of something that sounds like score. No, that's true. Not been a bunch. Um, there was one piece, but I, 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 if you're telling me that source, that source, I just didn't recognize oh, it. Oh no, I, um, I, I saw Esmel tweet about it. Uh, that okay. ev- everything in it is sourced. Um, that is interesting, but, but it's it's strange. Like you know, I, I remember seeing Kickass in 2010 and, and finding it really weird that that took themes from other movies and then did new versions of them into the main theme of Kick-Ass and it kind of mixed and blended them and it was like, this is weird. Like, and it's not, it was good. Like, I was like, but it's so strange that someone said, hey, what about we do like a greatest hits of other movie scores that we like instead of yeah. making completely new stuff. Um, yeah. I, I find it weird just when a song is used by something that has, you know, when it has a, a strong association with something else. Mm. And then they went, oh, we're going to use that song as well. Uh, I find that that's often just a bold choice in itself. Ah, like Ghostbusters song. That's weird. Well, yeah, someone else using that. Uh, that's not for a, a parody joke. Yes. Well, that was the joke, is that no one would use that unless it was for a parody or joke. Right. Because it's actually like, got the lyrics Ghostbusters, who are you going to call it, in it? <laughs> it? It reminds me, actually, it was like, uh, like two or three episodes ago on Sabrina. The song at the end was actually the main, you know, the title theme for Vikings. And I thought, oh, it's weird to use another show's title credits. Um, I guess it isn't, isn't that? That one is because it's, it's just a song, though, right? It's just a, a source song that Vikings happen to use for their yeah. titles. Um, I'm sure I've seen that before. Like you know, yeah, yeah, it, it happens. It's just I, I always gets me where it's like, oh yeah, you know, because that it has such a it builds an association with Le- something. Less now, but back in the nineties, when most shows used songs, because most of them had opening title sequences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um like i don't think you can hear the dawson's creek song and not think of dawson's creek even if you've not ever seen dawson's creek it just yeah. it just pops into your head that's what it is it's true yeah uh, it's not not everything had its own its own unique theme 
created by a, a, say a violent nerf herder who did the, the theme for the hit television show Buffer the Vampire Slayer. Yes. <laughs> but, but you know, it's like, you know, if someone uses the Friends theme tune. Oh, yeah, but that was written for the, sh- the show, though. Yeah, yeah, but other people still use it every so often, and you hear sure. it, and it's like, it's weird. In fact, there's a great stand up comedy bit about how it was only written for the opening titles, and then they thought, oh, we can sell this as a song, so they had to write more verses for it, and how the later verses contradict the earlier verses, they clearly weren't really paying attention to what they were writing. Um, but I just thought that was amusing. Yeah, whatever works. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting how these things work. Because there, there are some times where I'll be, oh, that's a source song, and then you'll find it later. No, that's a song they they'd created for the movie that they just wanted to have a song instead yeah. of score. And I'm like, okay. And there's other times when it sounds like score, but it's actually a source song, and it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's no, strange. You don't, you don't hear it too often when I, I score from another movie. The first example I can ever think of, and we'll talk about the episode proper in a second, I promise. But the first t- example I can ever think of is actually Scream 2. Scream 2 has a theme for, for Dewey, for uh, Arquette's character, David Arquette's right. character. And I saw Scream 2 first. Like, when I saw Scream 2, I didn't recognize this music from anywhere else. And it wasn't until later I saw a movie called Broken Arrow, which is uh, Christian Slater and John Travolta is in that. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fun enough action movie. It's, it's the same writer and producer that did Speed. Um but basically what happened was is they used this this really cool theme that John Travolta had. He's he's the villain in that movie. And it's this really slick, you know, badass theme. And they wanted to give Dewey like a badass theme in the Scream 2 because it kind of contradicted his goofiness in the first movie. And they used that as a temp track. And they fell in love with it so much that they said, you know what, can we just get the rights for this and use it? <laughs> because I want to keep it. Yeah, fair enough. And that's what happened. It is, it is rare you see it in the movie. It's like, you see it a lot in like trailers. Oh, um, sure. Trailers are a different beast. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, movies themselves, uh, it's rare. That's it. Even trailers, have, it's kind of become a thing where, now where there's just composing groups that just do music for trailers, like X-Ray oh, Dog and yeah. Two Steps from Hell. and There's a bunch of them on YouTube that I, I frequent. Yeah, of course there is. But uh, it's not uncommon to use uh, a piece of score from another movie just because it works for your trailer. Um. The, the weirdest one I can t- give you is that the first trailer for Robocop had music from the Terminator in it, which I think is really strange. Yes, that's just what you want. Compare them yeah. to, just more. Yeah, don't, 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 yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. It's, just, it's, it's, it's not a good idea. Um, the, my biggest annoyance with that, though, is that sometimes I'll see a trailer for a movie and I'll recognize the music, but it's, it'll have been long enough since I've seen whatever the movie was and it'll bug me. And you'll just sit there racking your brains thinking what it is yeah. instead of actually watching the trailer. Yeah. And and until later when I can Google it or whatever. Or yeah. Well, but anyway. Alright, so so she she ends up buying this makeup, but she kinda changes her mind a little bit just before she goes in, she kinda wipes some of it off. She's she's feeling kinda self conscious. Um But Walter's up to something. Right? And there he is. It's worth noting as well, actually, we we've been talking about how there's not a whole lot of movement in the camera. I noticed some movement here. Uh, and I think it was a POV shot, actually. It was a POV from Heidi coming into the building, seeing Walter as she comes in. Uh, yeah. The idea that she, he's the reason she's done, she, she's been making this extra effort. Um, and it's the way he turns and looks at her. It kind of added to that 80s movie vibe that the music was giving it. Definitely. Uh, so, again, it, it changed its style a little bit for the, the point of the scene, which was really nice. Uh, but they play a practical joke on her. Uh, he gets into, into her office and glued down uh, various items on her desk 
but not in the right place. You know, the the, the not everything was straight and aligned like she, she likes. She it. goes to move the pen to straighten yeah. it up as we've seen her do, and it it just doesn't. And then she sort of has a little chuckle because she get gets the joke that her staplers you know glued down as well. And then the phone rings, and she goes to pick that up, and that's all glued down as well. You know, uh, it's, it's a pretty good joke. It's a, it's, a, it's a funny joke, and later on she she comes in and it's you know the the the, the, the guy he's like doing all of these classes, but he wants to role play. He's like, okay, I'm going to be one of your long time friends, and this is you coming home, so we're going to role play. And everyone's like, no, nah, we're not doing it. They're all making fun of him. And he's for some reason he's put on like a cap backwards, and he's put on a top. Trying and to pretend to be like 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 you. Trying to be cool to the kids, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cue, cue the gif of Steve Buscemi saying "Hello, fellow children." Uh, exactly. Um, but he, he, no one's, no one's buying it. And then Heidi walks in and says, "What are nom- uh, volunteers?" He's like, "I do." He's like, "Yeah, you do." He's like, "Okay, I do." And I'm like, "Where's this going?" Because you know, she, she sits him down, and I'm like, "Is this going to get weird? Is it going to be like flirting in front of everyone? Are they all going to start like making comments?" Like, I was, I was almost getting uneasy. I was like, "Oh, where's this going?" Yeah. And you know, he does get her talking about all of her previous jobs. You know, where she where she'd been. She she was married for a little bit, or or she'd met a married guy and lived with him for a couple of months, yeah. or, and so on. And eventually, she's like, "Yeah, I've just been stalling to give the, the glue time to dry." And then she gets up and walks away, and he's like, "Wait, what?" And he tries to stand up, and he, the chair's stuck to his ass. And everyone finds it hilarious. And everyone finds it hilarious, except the guy who's trying to give the class, who yeah. notably doesn't actually go and rat on her for being in his room until after this scene. It's like he's just, it's the extra little, like, salt from her interrupting and taking over the class and, you know, being a hit with the audience, essentially, still in the yeah. thunder, yeah. Uh, that he feels the need to go and rat on her. That, oh, it's, she was in his room. Oh, no, this is unprofessional. Yeah. But he did it out of pettiness. It, it, was, it was this scene that kind of, because obviously he was watching before, but he hadn't done it yet. Yeah. Um, he, he did it out of, out of jealousy and anger, or, you know. So... Um, so the character dynamics there are good, um, and uh, you know we know he's planning another prank. He's talking about catching something, and then of course the moment it's at the end when she comes into the office after the serious conversation with Colin and the bird that she was complaining about is just sat on her desk, uh, which is our ending credit shot for this episode. Joe, you know it's the first time I've had to end the credits early. I was sick of hearing that damn bird. <laughs> um, so. So no, all all very amusing, very funny. It's it's them, and it it, it makes it sting because you know in the back of your head something bad's going to happen between these two on May fifteenth. Yeah. We're we're building up to it, uh, but it is a very likable, fun, enjoyable little prank back and forth episode in the present day, until Colin finds out about this, and we see Colin's at a at a, a dinner, uh, with uh, funnily enough, uh, an actor from both Dollhouse and Cabin in the Woods, uh, Frank Kranz. Whose yeah. name I can't, I can't remember his character's name on Dollhouse. It's bugging me, but um, I haven't seen it in far too long. Yeah, but that's him, and it's funny because he's now playing the the hotshot middle-aged businessman. Yeah, and I'm like, you're more like the the the, the young techie guy who's yeah. like goofy. Like that's who you've been in almost everything I've seen you in, and now you're playing the big shot. It's weird. Um, so hard to take him seriously in that role a little bit, but <laughs> basically he's he's actually higher up in the company than than colin is and he even you know dangles oh if you if this all goes through and uh, you know homecoming successful you know maybe you'll even make it to redwood which we know in present day or in the future 
because this is he prison does, day technically. Yeah. He does make it to Redwood. He is there. Um, well, it's homecoming that gets him there or something else. But I mean, we have to assume so at this point. I don't know. I guess it's just because nothing about homecoming feels like a success. But that's just from our perspective. Well, I mean, I'm going to disagree with that. Because okay. here, uh, you know, when when Colin is chastising uh, Heidi, he's like, oh, what's the point of what we're doing? And it's like, uh, you know, it is the first confirmation about making them forget things, right? Sure, yeah. And we've seen that she's forgotten things. You know, we, we know that. That it proves that homecoming is a success. The drug works. The drug works. I don't know if that necessarily means that it's a success, though. I don't know if I agree with that assumption. I think that's the point of what they're doing is is making sure the drug works. That yeah, is... that's the, that's the point of what they're doing. But these incidents and the way he's scared about her contacting him suggests to me that it's not a clean cut exit. This okay. is not this is not a happy ending. Uh, okay. In general, even if the actual sure it might work enough that he gets his promotion and and whatever yeah. else, but this isn't just a clean cut. No, it's a success because the drug works. There's more to it than that. Um, otherwise, there wouldn't be an investigation. Otherwise, there wouldn't be this violent incident. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not clean cut. Otherwise, why is he nervous about her contacting him now? Because at first I'm like, doesn't he expect her to not remember anything? Because obviously in the flash forwards, he's he's on his way to Tampa. He's, he's he wants to go see her. Yeah. Uh, and he he comes down. He lies about being in Milwaukee. Uh, he has because he has that moment with the girl at the the the, the airport or the, maybe it was the car rental place, uh, where she's like, oh, I get you. Yeah, my grandmother dies all the time. You know. It's like, yeah, I get yeah. it, you're lying. Uh, but he's a dick about it, because of course he is. And he comes in, and he sits in the restaurant, and he gets served by her, and she's just acts like he's a stranger. And he he, he seems kind of surprised about it at first, but I think he's maybe more surprised just because he was expecting her to remember because of the phone call. And by the time he's leaving, he looks relieved almost. He's like, okay, everything seems fine. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you said, oh, wasn't he expecting her to have forgotten? I think it's the phone call made him assume that something had gone wrong. Yeah. That that she'd remembered. Yeah, and then, of course, everything's fine. He's he's happily paying her. He's almost getting chatty, you know, by the time he gets to the end because he's feeling comfortable. And then he notices the jar with the business cards and he sees Carrasco's card in there and he just about shits himself. Uh, and then, then he's for his, his receptionist going, hey, hey, look into this guy. We have to deal with this. <laughs> Shitty things are happening. Uh, so that was super interesting, as was the scene where Carrasco goes to Schreier yes. in, in the future. He seems just totally out of it. And I have to imagine, when they were talking about side effects of pulling him out, this might be the lasting side effect, is, is his mental state. I think it could be, yeah. Um, he's very nervous, he's very quiet he does, you know, he eventually says things like, oh I warned him, I told him about the trees you know, I, told, I warned him about her he sounds like a crazy dude he does sound like a crazy dude, I mean we know he's kind of right about some stuff but he's definitely yeah. paranoid and, and delusional um, and he gives Carrasco a leaf and I don't know if the leaf actually means anything as of yet or because he, cause he, he sort of hands him, because I thought he was giving him like a bit of paper or like yeah. or a USB stick or something and then it was just a leaf and I'm like you know, is this like you know, giving him doubt that something actually went on, even though everything he said was kind of adding to the suspicion, like something weird happened there? Yeah, it could be. You know, these are the type of trees you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and obviously, I think if you want evidence that it's shady, right? 
as yeah. if we haven't got enough. Yeah, but I think just the, the idea that whatever they've done with Homecoming, it's not something that is public even in the future now that they've got it, you know, theoretically completely working. No. Um, you know, it's something they're keeping secret. The DOD don't know about this. They're, they're trying, you know, he's scared of Carrasco finding out, which means it's, you know, sold in the black market behind closed doors, if, if that. Like it's, if it is, uh, it, it could have been a case the side effects were worse than expected, so they had to, you know, just pretend it never happened. Yeah, going back to the, it's not realistic. I mean, it worked on Heidi. Maybe there was a small success rate, but, yeah. you know, was it working on everyone? What was, is, 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 are most of the soldiers who took it in a bad place? Could be, yeah. Um, so, a lot going on there. A uh, lot going on with... Uh, really enjoying the future stuff now, especially now everything's yeah. kind of closing in and actually following Colin on his story and seeing what he's doing with it. It's interesting stuff. Yeah, and him you know, feel, feeling quite good about it until he sees that card and it's like, shit, this guy's going around. Yeah, he's terrified. It's yeah. cool. So, no, I really dug all that stuff. Um, and it was a good scene as well with Walter and a new guy, a new soldier, a weak oneer, uh, if you will. Uh who's talking about going home and Walter like is really kind of like almost selling the place. Like he kind of believes in it because of Heidi. He's like, you know how much we're worth, you know, we're, you know how much they've invested in us. It's a hundred grand each. He's like, what? Yeah. We, I mean, we, pay, we pay that back because you know, they, they get us upright and we, we go and buy houses and we pay taxes and you know, that that's kind of how we, how we pay it back in a way. And he's, he's, he's kind of selling it. And it, it's not so much that he's a propaganda machine, but he's definitely sticking up for it more than most of them would. Uh, yeah. you get this feeling it's because he has connected to Heidi in some way and I think because and it's not so much that he's just enamoured with her it's more that because he he's bonded with her he believes that she wouldn't do anything shady and therefore he, he trusts that the whole thing therefore is probably oh that's it they're, they're pulling you know practical jokes on each other now yeah. which is you know, it's it's very similar to like you know like the Titanic Rising story it's what him and the guys do when they're all in the squad together right yeah, she feels like a fellow human being and not this suit who's just there to yeah, do the she, business she's, thing. Yeah, she's she's yeah. one of the gang. Yes, um, which she's not just you know the the corporate person there to to oversee it. She feels she's on their level the way he sees it. Yeah, and if we go back to Colin present present day, after this conversation, you know where you know he's told, hey, now you you need to get this done if you want this promotion, or you know who knows what will happen. That's when he immediately kind of, kind of almost like a knock-on effect of uh, how we saw the other guy rat in Heidi because of a scene. This scene immediately falls on with him. You, this motivates him to call Heidi, um, and basically chastise her and say he knows about the room, he knows about her being in there and how that looks. She he doesn't even really give her a chance to explain. No explanation is good enough. He's just there to like drill into her, do better, get this done. Don't have yep. feelings. Don't do anything like this. Just collect the data, do this, do this, do this, this. Um, and threatens to fire her, and she she is, you know, somewhat distraught, and that's when she goes into the office and sees the bird, just casually yeah. sitting there. Um, so, and we know she's missed a call, but obviously not in a row yet. This is... Yeah, uh, yeah, but this is the start. It's starting to slip. Yeah, now she may not want to answer, because if this is what the phone calls are becoming, then she'll maybe yeah. have a reason to not pick up. Definitely. So I can see that being a thing. At first, just because she wants to stall in case she thinks she's going to get fired, and then maybe it'll, you know, s- snowball from there. Yeah, it all depends on what happens next, doesn't it? Well, we're halfway though. That's episode five. So, 
Um, yeah. Pacing's very interesting. It's a very interested piss show. Because <laughs> I feel like it, it feels like we're further than halfway in many regards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, the the mystery itself of oh what's actually happening feels like okay no that's about right halfway, but the um the build to this incident with with Walter feels close. It makes me wonder like do, do we get several in a row building up to it where it because because I think the reason why you're saying that is because it feels like it's just taking a turn to a negative right not that they they are in a bad place with each other but. You know, does Heidi try to pull back now because of this warning? Does that make Walter react in a negative way because yeah. he thinks that she, she's pulling back because she's scared of him or because, or just because she doesn't want want to be friends anymore? And how will that make yeah. him feel? Um, and does that escalate things? And it makes me wonder: Do we get a lot of awkward before we get to the fear and tension? Before we get to the 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 burst, the outburst, whatever it may be. Yeah, I'm also wondering it's possible we could get the outburst slightly earlier than we're expecting mm. and we could actually just have a couple of episodes at the end entirely in the future point of view. I could see one for sure. Yeah, I, I can see one or two. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't expect more. but I, I feel... Honestly, I feel like rather than that, I, I think it's just maybe... I feel like we've been gradually getting more of the future stuff. I think what will happen is, is the final episode will be a mirror of the first one, where we'll get maybe two present day scenes, and most of it will be in the future. Because mm, I feel like be. this one has definitely had the most future scenes of the, in terms of runtime. Yeah, it definitely felt that way. Because it had not only a Carrasco scene, but it had like a, a plot with Colin that had. Yeah. We, I think we went to the future like four times, and we've never went four times before. No, they really fit a lot into this half hour, didn't they? They, they did. So. I'm fully expecting that maybe next time now. I mean, I could be wrong here. Maybe we'll just go back to more present day stuff because it'll be more relevant next episode. That could be the case. But I'm just wondering if it's actually an intentional, gradual shift. Mm. No, I'm with you. But hey, uh, maybe I just a stab in the dark. But no, uh, I'm probably the most into it I've ever been. Like I, I feel like I'm more into it with every episode. Yeah, me too. It's it's uh, you know I, I think I said I started like oh I, you know it's good different like but I wasn't. Mm that into it uh it's grown on me as we've gone through it um obviously that that impeccable direction anchored me at the start yeah and that's been there throughout but the actual the, the mystery and the characters have gotten more compelling as we've gone on yeah uh some small details to point out um the fact that colin is chasing chickens uh as he's on the phone to Heidi, because obviously we've just seen the other guy like you're He's just you know because they're about to have chicken for dinner so he's like chopping the head off he's taking the the, the innards out he's doing all that um I think it's notable that he's trying to catch a chicken, almost to emulate the the, the yes. man he's aspiring to, and failing. <laughs> yeah. As he's talking to Heidi, it's just kind of that desperation. Uh, I, I thought that was a neat little touch. That was in there. Yeah, that's good. But hey, uh, so that is that is episode five of Homecoming. So let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. If you want to support the channel and everything we do here, including this review of this series and everything else, uh, head over to Patreon.com/slash/MailedFuzzTV, and you can do that over there. But otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla?